Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. Hey, church family, good morning. My name is Rob Basham, and I'm glad that you're here with us this morning. Hope that you've enjoyed your Thanksgiving weekend, holiday weekend here. I know my family this Christmas, we're trying to start a new tradition. Actually, we're trying to become more Oregonian. And so this year, for the first time ever, we heard you can actually get a permit, go out into the forest, cut down a tree. My family, we took care of that this past week. Here's a picture of my wife, Jess, and I carrying the tree back back to the van, getting ready to tie it up. A couple hours later, our family had it all set up and situated in our living room. It's a little spark than maybe some of these trees you buy at a farm or the ones that you buy at the store, but we love this thing. It's been an awesome week. I don't know about you, but part of what I love about this season is just this idea that I get to wake up earlier than anyone else in my family. I go downstairs into my living room, and a lot of times I just turn on the tree lights. I sit there, and I just kind of I take it easy. It's the time when I usually have my, my quiet time, my time where I come into the presence of God. And over the past couple of months, I've been asking a lot of people, like, what does it look like for you when you come into the presence of God? I've actually started to kind of narrow that down. And there's a question that I've been asking students of mine at RTI, friends, family, and it's, what is the one word that comes to the mind of God when you come into his presence? What is, what is that word that describes how he feels about you when you enter into his presence. Think about that for a minute. For some of you, you don't really like the word that came to mind, but it's there, it's stuck in your head. And that word for many of you is actually the word disappointment. That's been true of many of the people that I've asked, and that's often true in my own life, if I'm to be honest. And here's the thing, it's not a good word. It's a word that's actually a lie. And today, I want to talk about that. You see, because I've been there. I've been there having that feeling that God has disappointed me, that I simply can't measure up. It, it's accompanied by just this tiredness, this weariness that, that we have. It's accompanied by a lot of these, if I just statements, if I just read scripture more, if I just prayed more, if I only had more self-control, then maybe I could measure up. And here's the deal. We're getting ready to enter into this, this season of Advent, this season where we sing the song, Oh, come, let us adore him. Yet how can we adore a God if we think that he's always disappointed with us? If we fear him or fear the fact that we simply can't measure up. And this morning, I want to talk about this. I want to disarm this paralyzing lie in our lives with some really good news. You see, we're in our last week of our series, Wind Powered. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about that some more. You see, we've been talking about how the Holy Spirit empowers us for both ministry and for holy living. For much of our series, we've been concentrating on how Holy Spirit empowers us for ministry. How we have these gifts of the Spirit, which build up the church, which unite us, which allow us to carry out our mission together in our house churches as a larger body. But today I want to look at how the Holy Spirit empowers us to live lives that are just holy, lives of righteousness, lives where we just live from his favor. 
You see, as I was preparing for this sermon, I was in prayer, and the Lord gave me this vision. And the vision was clearly connected to this analogy that we've been using as of wind-powered. And you see, I saw this image, and it was Detroit Lake. And I saw there were seven or eight sailboats, these little sailboats out on the lake. And, and as in this image, I just got closer to those. And I saw them. They were white sailboats with these blue lines on them. And each had three or four people in them. And these sailboats were out there. But the sails were down, and the people were simply rowing. They were rowing sailboats. And it seemed kind of strange. And as I got closer, I looked. And in each and every one of these boats, there was the sail. In some of the boats, the sail was tucked into a bag. and some, it was just laying down there. But there is the mast in the middle. No sail up, people rowing. They weren't afraid. They weren't scared. They weren't panicky. But they also, the people weren't having fun. And church, I feel that that image is, is, is kind of an image of many of us. Many of us in our house churches. There's ample wind to take us somewhere, but we're not harnessing. We're missing out on some of Holy Spirit's power for our lives. To be wind-powered means to harness the power of Holy Spirit in our lives. The same power is available to us that rose Christ from the dead. We're going to read that today in Romans 8. We sing about that power, that power for holy living. We have access to that. See, our church is part of a movement of churches called the Alliance Church. And it's been founded on this concept of a deeper life, this life where we find peace and redemption. We find love. We find power in Christ to live the life that he desires us to live. And so today we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture. In fact, I'm a little intimidated every time I have to preach on this chapter. It's just kind of one of those chapters. There's so much to it. And there's a truth that I hope that you see in this chapter. It's this. With Holy Spirit, we have all that we need to be all that God desires us to be. The chapter starts with the words, so now, tying it back to, to Romans 7. Romans 7 depicts just this battle that's going on for our souls and for our hearts, and this battle between the world and our sinful desires and the ways of God that he wants to live us into in our identity as his sons and daughters. But Romans chapter 8 is full of good news. I'll be reading verses 9 to 17. Verses 9 to 17. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life, because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature desires. For if you live by what it dictates, you will die. But if you live through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. 
Since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. This is the word of the Lord. Our idea today, with Holy Spirit, we have all that we need to be all that God desires us to be. And what does he desire us to be? Church, first and foremost, I believe he desires us to be secure in our identity, to be secure in who we are. While I've just read the middle of this chapter, Romans 8 starts with this game-changing truth. It starts with this truth. You see, there is no condemnation for us. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And it starts there, but it ends with just a confirmation of the same game-changing truth. And it ends, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. When I read these bookends of Romans chapter 8, I can't help but just rejoice in the fact that we are secure We are secure in our identity because of the love of the Father. This is the good news. The pressure is off. We don't stand condemned. Our life isn't about trying to measure up. I lived in the Middle East. I had many friends that just lived their life as good as they can, and they wait, and someday God will judge them, and they will see, did I do good enough? Church, that's not how we live. You see, when Christ died on the cross, and when we receive him, when we put our allegiance in him, we move from that courtroom, and we move to the living room. You see, we've been justified. Our security is in that. This is where we belong. We belong in the living room. We've been adopted into the family, into the kingdom of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are his sons and daughters, and this is the good news. The bottom line is we should be done. That should be the mic drop. We should be done at this point, and yet I'm still here because for some reason we have difficulty understanding and receiving this truth. You see, it's an extravagant gift. Maybe you grew up like I did. If something's too good to be true, you were told it probably is not true. In church, this really is true. Your identity is as a son or a daughter of the king. Why is it so difficult to receive this extravagant gift? Church, I think we continue to just keep rowing because we're trying to earn it. We're trying to deserve it. We're not willing to put up that, that, that sail and receive the free gift of what Christ did on the cross. And oftentimes, at least in my life, it's because of pride. It's because of pride. It's holding us back from truly understanding our identity. Maybe that's where you are. If you are, you're tired, you're weary. It's an exhausting place to be when you feel like you can't measure up, when you stay in the judgment room, in the courtroom, instead of moving to the living room. But if that's you, there's something that you just need to grasp today. It's this concept. See, God's love is about his character as father. 
It's about his character as father, not our behavior and striving as his sons and daughters. And in just a second, we're going to worship in response to this. But church, what God desires us to be, he desires us to be secure in our identity. What is needed to be that? A deep, deep understanding of the Father's love and our position in Christ. You see, we're no longer slaves. We're no longer in the courtroom awaiting trial, seeing if we're going to get stamped with freedom. Church, we are safe. We're not condemned. It's already been done. It's been confirmed. Look at your receipt. Look at the confirmation email. It's the pierced hands. It's the empty tomb. He has died for us. That is the good news. We are not guilty, not condemned. And so church, we're going to pause and we're going to respond to that even now. As we do this, I just, I bless you. And I pray that any lies that you've been agreeing with would dissipate in Jesus' name. The truth is that we need to quiet the voice of the enemy because we do struggle with this. And so as we worship, even now, spirit, break the lies, break the patterns of fear-based obedience, break the lies that we have been disqualified or that somehow we are a disappointment. We sit in your presence in the adoration of the Father before you, secure in our identity as sons and daughters and with amazement and gratitude. We worship you in our freedom. In Jesus' name. It's so true. We are. We're children of God. We've been rescued. We've been moved from the courtroom to the living room. It's our new position. And church, as we live into that, as we live into the security of who we are, our identity, we get to live from the favor of God. We get to take advantage of all that he has showered and blessed us with. You see, the, the key in my mind to living into this, it, it's about us relinquishing control. It's about us relinquishing control and surrendering. And if you're like me, that is a diff, diff, very difficult thing to do. It's a very difficult thing to do. To relinquish control and surrender to Spirit's leadership is something that I have to do daily. And church, I believe the same is true for you. Paul says here in Romans 8 that we need to let the Spirit control our mind, and that's what leads to life in peace. This letting Spirit control, it's so difficult because it means that we have to let go of everything, all that we are holding on to and controlling in our lives. Every part of our life needs to come under his rule and his reign. You see, we don't like even the word surrender because the word surrender seems like it's, it's this passive word. And yet, truly, in this case, it means it's an active posture. It's saying, I can't do it on my own. It's the raising of a flag. It's the bowing of the knee. It's making a declaration of allegiance that I am under new leadership, a new regime. The banner over me is now his love. The surrender of spoken here, of here in scripture is not because we have been defeated. It's because he defeated sin, shame, and death for us. We're not tapping out. We're tapping in and we're just coming under his rule in his reign. It's a realization that on our own power, we can't conquer sin. That on our own power, we can't conquer even our own pride. And so we rely on spirit to come in 
to tear down that pride and to turn us away from that weariness of our trying to measure up. When we come to the end of ourselves is when we get to put up the sail. There's a book that I've recently picked up that really helped me understand this concept of what it means to surrender to the will of God. I, I knew what the author was getting at. I knew these concepts already. But for whatever reason, when David Benner, he wrote this book, Surrender to Love, Discovering the Heart of Christian Spirituality, the way he put it into context for me helped me. And I want to share this quote from his book with you this morning. He writes, think for a moment about how Christ's following develops if you assume that God looks at you with disgust, disappointment, frustration, or anger. The central feature of any spiritual response to such a God will be an effort to earn his approval. To row and row. Far from daring to relax in his presence, you will be vigilant to perform as well as you possibly can. The motive for any obedience you might offer will be fear rather than love, and there will be little genuine surrender. And here's the part of the quote I really want you to get. Surrender involves relaxing, and you must feel safe before you can relax. Surrender involves relaxing, and you must feel safe before you can relax. How could anyone ever expect to feel safe enough to relax in the presence of a God who is preoccupied with their shortcomings and failures? Church, as we've just sung about, we can relax. We are secure in our identity. Yet how many of us still look for approval when the verdict has already been given? May we stop viewing God as judge because the God that I see here in this New Testament, his name is Father. When we are secure in our identity, we are relaxing in the living room. And that's when the surrender spoken of here in Romans 8 is possible. As Jennifer Roth always says, we live from his favor, not for his favor. We live from his favor, not for his favor. And church, this is where we belong, in the living room, where the words that Steve Fowler often says, God not only loves you, but he likes you ring true. It is safe here. This is the place where we hold up our flag and we surrender daily, like it says in Luke 9. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Church, the truth is that most of us have Holy Spirit, but many of us are not wind-powered. Let me say that again. Some of you have Holy Spirit, but you aren't wind-powered. With Holy Spirit, you have all that you need to be all that he desires, but the sail can't just lay there anymore. I remember the first time that I understood this concept. I was almost 17. I was at this youth event at the Jersey Shore. I had been living a good life. I hadn't gone rogue. I was trying to follow Christ, but I constantly felt like I couldn't measure up. And I remember there was this other group there, this other group of juniors and seniors in high school, and they had something I didn't have. I don't know what it was that had me go to that group, but I went to them and I told them just that. You have something in your faith that I don't have and I want it. What is it? One of the people in that group said, it's the Holy Spirit said, I believe I have the Holy Spirit. He said, no, I'm sure you do. But there's more. 
And church, I believe that there's more for many of us. For us to get there, we need to relinquish control. I did on that day for the first time, and I've had to do it a thousand times since. But that day when I did that and they prayed for me, I experienced the love of a father in a new and a fresh way. Power came over me both to live out a life from favor, not looking to try to measure up, but from favor. Life and power for ministry came out that day. My calling was realized that day. But many of us, many of us are tired and we're weary. And the invitation today is simply to put up the sale. And in just a second, I want to take you through a prayer of surrender. But before I do that, church, let me just give you two things I want to encourage you to do this week. The first is this. Would you pay attention to your self-talk? House churches, even pay attention to the way people are describing how God views them. But pay attention to your self-talk this week. It's going to give you an idea of how you view what God, how God sees you. Pay attention to it. Remember, it's about his character, not your behavior. And his character is loving and it is good. And this week, I imagine like me with the freeze, you're going to be spending a little bit more time in your living room, maybe near your Christmas tree. And can I encourage you, when you put your feet up and when you relax, would you remember this? And would you say a breath prayer and thank God that he has moved you from courtroom to living room, that he not only loves you, but that he likes you. There's a fresh filling of Holy Spirit available for us, available for you today, available for you tomorrow and for Tuesday and for every day this week. Tiredness, weariness, always feeling like we're not measuring up that needs to go today in Jesus' name. And so if that is you, would you join me in agreement I'm going to put a prayer on the screen, a prayer of surrender. And would you join me in the truths of this prayer? Father God, the depth of your wisdom and power and riches are unfathomable. I worship you and I'm overwhelmed by the price you paid for my freedom. You've moved me from courtroom to the safety of your living room and I cannot pay back the grace of your adoption. Forgive me for my attempts to earn the grace and position that you have bestowed upon me. Today, again, I surrender my will to yours. I release control and ask you, indwelling spirit, to be my wisdom, my power, my guide. Father God, uphold me with your righteous hand and protect me from the temptations of the evil one. I surrender and live from your favor and love. Spirit, fill my sail of surrender. Come on me and work in me. Increase my hunger and righteousness and worship. May your power be manifest in me for your name's sake. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.